Um, yeah, Matt's Matt's learned a lot since he's he's been such a great host of NFT 101, and it's you. great it's great that we have that specific content. Um, so and I mean he continues to learn. One of his top headlines today was about Solana crushing Ethereum. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they beat the brakes off him. We'll get into uh, we'll get into some <laughs> of that one, on one metric. Oh, the total oh, volume. Total volume, I think, in NFT. That's not wow. the point, yeah, NFT. The point yeah. is Solana crushed Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> so. And I think that's as good a way as any to start this edition of NFT 101. Hi there, humans, whether watching or listening. I am Matt Ryan, and I'm joined by a voice you've heard before if you've listened to NFT 101, and more importantly, the Crypto Conversations, which is available anywhere you can listen to audio that's that's Nathan from Bitmart. Hi, friend. That is Nathan's one of the only one one and only Nathan from Bitmart. Where uh, we just talked about before we started recording how really when you look at it, each person is kind of their own NFT. Yeah. So great way to start out. And we've got a non fungible human, also a member of the Bitmart team, but making his product content side debut. Uh, it is Kalichi eBay. How are you doing, Kalichi? Nice to have you on our side of the street. We see you on Zoom all the time. And at Bitmart, we have meetings practically all day, every day, talking about the future of crypto, the launch of our NFT marketplace. Kalichi is one of the people that basically makes it possible for people to find us so they can listen to us and talk to us. But it, it's nice to take this time to with Nathan and Kalichi because both of you guys absolutely love this stuff. I am a neophyte to this. I am openly a neophyte to the concept of NFTs and working within this world. I come from real fighting, fake fighting, football. I come from different walks of life. So I convened this meeting today to teach me about NFTs. And, and Kalichi, before we get forward, you work within the world of NFTs. You have a lot of experience with this inside and outside of BitMart. What was the start of your journey into the world of NFTs? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so excited to be here with you guys. Um, like, like you just introduced, um, my name is Kelly eBay, uh, uh, SEM manager, uh, paid ads, you know, BitMart Exchange. Um, I would say my introduction to NFTs was, you know, just like anybody that's just been in the crypto industry, you know, uh, at first it was just regular, like trading regular cryptocurrencies, but all of a sudden, I think it was um, late 2020 or early 2021, where we started seeing uh, just this whole buzz about this thing called NFTs, you know, and how, you know, obviously they've been around before then, but it, be it started becoming really popular um, like late 2020, early 2021, you start seeing like a uh, board apes, you know, these apes, <laughs> and you start seeing like this uh, pixelated crypto punks. And I, I, I remember vividly saying, this cannot be real. <laughs> you know that it's <laughs> it has to be some kind of money laundering going on because why would someone pay like hundreds of thousands of dollars? for a JPEG, like for a pixelated image. Um, and they had these bots, these sales bots on Twitter that says that says something like, oh, so-and-so crypto um, punk sold for $2 million. And I'm like, no, no, no. This has to be some kind of money laundering going. 
But that was kind of my introduction. And I was very skeptical at first, as, as many people. And it's, it wasn't until my friends started, like, uh, some of my, my, my friends, you know, started telling me about how this thing is tied to, um, like, a brand. And by owning the NFTs, you have these, um, basically, you're kind of a part owner um, of the brand. And, you know, your NFT is kind of a representation of that ownership. Then the light bulb just went, went, like, went off. And I was like, okay, I get it now. So that's kind of my introduction. And ever since, I've just been um, really, really excited about the industry. Um, I mean, we can go into the, the various use cases of NFTs, and I'll tell you the one I love the most. But it's been, it's been an amazing experience. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, that's really, in- <laughs> I could go on all day about how NFTs are going to be endlessly fascinating. And we're just like, if we're just at the beginning of crypto in general, which it blows my mind when people still haven't heard of or know anything about Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum. But I also just understand that we all, you know, Matt included, uh, are in this world. And so that's just what we think about and what we're kind of meditating on. But if we're early in crypto, we're so early in NFTs, and I'm not going to go too deep down the rabbit hole, but when you really listen to people talk, uh, especially on podcasts for like an hour or so about how they're like, we're going to tokenize everything. Like, you're going to know that that chair is your chair because it's got, a, it's got it's an ID. Because it, Well, but then you'll have an ID. Cha- have a receipt. And you'll uh, you'll know because you tokenized it on uh, the Polygon blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's they they go kind of like crazy deep into it, but at the same time, it has real significant uh, material implications when you start talking about um, more significant forms of property. And, and oh, go ahead. Nate. Well, I was gonna say everybody kind of already embraces this with like VIN numbers on cars mm-hmm. or things like that, where they're like, "I want a verified ownership of this," but the the problem with verifying ownership through the traditional means that we have is that they are they're they're centralized through different mechanisms uh, depending on the state local governance whatever this is still in a way and I'll, i won't I'll, we'll get Kalichi's feedback on this in a little bit because this is my main point of contention i think with uh nfts or the the ethereum based stuff is that it is kind of sort of in, inherently centralized but not in the same way that traditional stuff um, is today. Also, Kalichi, did did he mention the name of his project? I know that we had a disclaimer that Kalichi does work for BitMart, but I wanted to put it out there like he's not listed on the NFT marketplace. He's not no. getting any he's not getting any money for this. This is basically I was talking to Kalichi on Slack and he's like, you know, I have an NFT project, right? And I was like, no, you should have told me. <laughs> I'm trying to get guests and not succeeding. <laughs> Kalichi, can you before I know Matt had something you wanted to say, but before it goes into that, could you uh, say what your project is and uh, the website. Yeah. Um, yeah. The name of my project is called uh, ghost chain NFT club. And um, it's, it's, it's built on the, on the Cardano blockchain. Um, and uh, kind of the reason why I chose uh, Cardano is number one, the, um, the Ethereum, like most, like most of us know, the the gas fee on Ethereum can be quite significant, right? Especially when the the network is like clogged. Um, and I I just 
I the the gas fee is one of the issues, but there's this like growing like community there where um, if you're early and you build something really good, you get to ride that wave. Um, meanwhile, with Ethereum, it's like it's very competitive, very crowded. Um, but my project is just um, it came it originated from the fact that a lot of people call Cardano a ghost chain, like meaning no <laughs> one uses it. <laughs> it's like no developer builds on Cardano. Um, so I took that concept and, you know, my, my NFT characters, they're like ghosts, uh, like Casper looking ghosts and they have a chain on their neck. So it's just a way to like, like change the narrative, change this, the, that stigma, the negative stigma of a ghost chain into like a cool looking ghost, you know, with a chain, with a hat, you know, with like a mean mug, like look uh, or a smiling look, just, just to make the ghost look cool. So that's where that came from. Uh, so, and you can find that at ghostchain.nft.club. That is go. Oh, let me make sure I got that right. Ghostchainnft.club. Ghostchainnft.club. And one more time, because I am an idiot. Ghostchainnft.club. And I was having this thought while you guys were talking. NFTs are like if you got baseball cards, stock, a note of like a stock, a stock note, and basically a piece of art. In in terms of utility, it's NFT is a concept, I would say, more than it is than an actual thing. The NFT, NF, they're a token because of just the way that the system is set up. And I think that that's a thing that a lot of people like me who came into this fairly new kind of set in my ways. I have a receipt. I have these things. <laughs> this is what I This is how I know I own this thing. Cause it's in my house. I he painted those things back there. <laughs> I know they're mine. And you, you take a look at it and when you're inside of it, it's just basically a catch all like saying Coke, Pepsi, Sprite, but they're all soda. It's just the way that these things are conveyed or transferred because they ostensibly act as as a stock, as a commodity that's listed as a commodity. And I think that that's a part of the apprehension is that a lot of people on the NFT side of things are, and, and this kind of, I think, speaks for crypto at large, are so passionate about it that people take hesitancy to derision. And I feel like the the part about this show that I really like um, with our guests is I talk to them about what their passions are or why they do that. Like Cosmos Astro's art, who was the episode before this one, he loved shooting the sky. He loved shooting the moon. And he loved like that chase of finding that perfect shot, taking his time to find that perfect shot. And that kind of speaks to me as a creator, as an artist, and... For you, Kalichi, and I guess to a certain extent with you, Nathan, like Kalichi, making this project, what did it mean for you as a person, like chasing this as a passion, something that you love and care about? How does it feel to, to start that process? And then when you come out on the other side of it, just that level of accomplishment, what does that kind of speak to you as someone who works a nine to five job, you know, deals with the you know doldrums of daily life like we all do? But being able to have that thing on the side, that piece of artistry that you can run to as a passion, as an escape, just walk us through that. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the reason why I love NFTs um, is to me, it's, it's kind of like taking, um, taking power away from like centralized like um, entities and like bringing that power to, you know, the people who actually create the value. Um, like uh, for a good example would be uh, uh, if a bank, right? In the financial, the regular financial system, right? Uh, is this kind of the battle between, you know, for example, when you think about Bitcoin, when you think about DeFi, basically, you know, the banks, they take your deposit, right? And they pay you like 0.05% APY and they borrow your money. They take your money and they lend it out and they charge people like 20% interest rate, right? You are the person with the money. You are the person who worked hard to get that money and put it in a bank, but they're giving you nothing, right? So, you know, that's why like DeFi exploded. That's why, um, you know, like Bitcoin became so popular. And the same thing I believe is going to happen with NFTs where like these traditional, like, it, like one of the use case of NFT that I love so much is like gaming NFTs, like blockchain gaming. Like if I spend a lot of time playing a game and I'm unlocking these items like weapons and these like rare cards, you know, I'm spending a lot of time to play that game and get better at that game. And when I unlock those, you know, weapons, which in this case are NFTs, I own that stuff. I can sell it. I can list it in a marketplace and sell it for ETH or ADA or whatever. So again, it, it's that, you know, taking that power away from, you know, centralized authorities. Like, say for example, you are playing Call of Duty or you're playing any um, game and you're unlocking all this, you know, weapons and stuff, or you want to buy something, you know, that's, you, you put your credit card in and where, did the, where does that money go? It goes to the owner, like Activision or this big, like big central authority. But with NFTs, you know, the players are the people who own those items. And obviously the owner of the game can get some royalties, you know, but the bulk of that sale goes to people actually playing the game. So when I understood that, I just became so passionate. And that's why I started building my own project because I can create value. Like, for example, I can have an, like an academy where I teach people about blockchain and NFTs. And the only way you can get access to it is if you own that NFT. So it unlocks benefits, it unlocks other things. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of how I see it. But to, and that's brilliant. I do love that use case and I love things like that. There's a new Muhammad Ali game coming out. There's a bunch of NFL related projects that I'm personally very excited for, but you're seeing NFTs crop pop up all over the sports and, you know, pop culture landscape. But one thing, uh, there was a pilot shot. Uh, Seth Green, who is a creator of Robot Chicken, was in a whole bunch of movies, was in the Austin Powers series. And he was building a new TV show. And we talked about this on the non-fungible news built around one of his NFTs and his NFT collection, like turning, like owning the IP, owning the piece of art. But then he got fished and those NFTs got stolen and then they got sold. And that kind of is one of the, you know, one of the big glaring errors. And this is early, with any early technology is that, we're relying on the idea of being decentralized right. and in an idealistic world in an idealistic setting that doesn't happen. But 
How do you protect against that? How do you ensure that someone who's paid well over six figures to purchase the art or purchase the token, then on the other side of it is spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to develop this project built around that one piece of art. And then all of a sudden it gets got and then it gets sold to somebody else. And now somebody for all intents and purposes legally owns that piece of art, owns that 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 NFT, how is that? And I know the, you know, I'm not expecting an answer, but how do you explain to people who are NFT hesitant that that is an aberration and not the norm when we've seen people in the community get hacked? We've seen different things happen. Like there's more phishing scams that are coming out in the news daily. How do you protect against that as a community? How do you, you know, police, you can't, it's not centralized, so you can't police that. And I'm opening it up to both of you guys. So Nathan, if you have an answer, please jump on in. But how do you, how do you police against that as a community? And how do you calm people who are hesitant to begin with about diving into crypto and NFTs? Real, real quick. Um, I know I want to hear Kalichi's answer, but it's actually really fascinating that you answer, that you asked this question today, because also on uh, the Daily Crypto Watch, which is available on you know my part of the podcast, Crypto Conversations, I did a story today about how MetaMask is obviously super aware that there are crypto scams um, uh, through its wallet, and they've partnered with a like like legal firm, but it's also related to chain analytics firm called uh, I want to say it's called Asset Reality in the UK, where basically they're they're kind of trying to develop out a framework where once you have digital assets stolen from you, um, figuring out where they went, perhaps doing a civil uh, a civil litigation case. And I mean, Kalichi may be able to expand a little bit more on this. There's, there's only so much you can do in these situations. Uh, and bi a Bitcoin is always the best example because Bitcoin is not an anonymous protocol. It's, it's what's called a pseudonymous protocol. So once you know where the money's gone or who's connected to an address, you can just trace it wherever it goes to. It's like, I can't hide, I can't hide a Bitcoin transaction if I send it to North Korea or a malicious actor or a place an, an address that's known, you know, stolen. Um, and in the same way, somebody can't force you to send those things back, but through a combination of like real world mechanisms and digital mechanisms, somebody like Seth Green, who's a huge prominent celebrity, um, if he were to find out exactly, and they can probably audit this right now, who got that bored ape and then either pursue civil litigation or do something, there's some likelihood that he personally, just as a celebrity, might get it back. But I don't know. That's a great question. Kalichi, tell us the answer. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, now it's on you. Kalichi, welcome to what we like to call the barrel. Kalichi, this show is actually called Solve Matt and Nathan's Problems. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I know the exact answer to it, but um, yeah. You know, when it comes to blockchain technology, there's this misconception that, oh, it's an anonymous and, oh, this, you, know, you can't track the transaction. You, actually, it's very transparent. You can see all the transaction in, on, on the blockchain. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, there's like a, a pro and a con to that, you know, to where, you know, like uh, Matt was saying, the, the whole thing about cryptocurrency is like decentralization. Um, 
Uh, but when when you start like adding like central players to it, like for example, like with a Coinbase or you know a Binance, these uh, exchanges or just like centralized exchanges in general, like you know they do KYC. So you know the origin of that transaction can still be traced. You know to the um, you know whatever like the Ethereum address. You know that you know sold the token or bought the token. You know, you can just you can go to the blockchain, you can go to Etherscan, and you can you know when when the experts when they look at the like the trail, they can find they can actually like find out the person who you know the people involved in the in the in that transaction. So um, you know, it's kind of scary in a way, but at the same time, you know, you don't want people like who like scam people to just get away with it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, you know. When it comes to just like blockchain in general, it's such a like a nascent in- industry. Um, there's gonna be a lot of like you know like hacks and scams, and and this was the same thing you know in the early two thousands you know with the dot com bubble. Like there's gonna be there's just Cambrian explosion happening. People just trying stuff, you know, like doing all kinds of experiments. But as I, I think, the education is where we need to focus on a lot more. Like educating especially the new people coming in to say hey look you gotta be careful you have to make sure you're on the right website uh you go to twitter or go go online and make sure you click on the right link the right social media profile with a blue check mark or you know if you're buying the nft on OpenSea or anywhere else like you're looking at the check mark um you know to make sure you're getting the real stuff because you know you can easily get scammed in this in this industry um, and it's quite unfortunate, but that's just the nature of the beast, right? But education, educating people that, you know, this industry is very fun and exciting, but there's a lot of like bad players that are looking to like um, take advantage of you. So um, another thing we may talk about like down the line is maybe some, the concept of insurance. Like I was NFT about insurance. to ask that question. <laughs> what about the idea of NFT insurance? Like the, the case you're making now is is probably sending people at farmers and state farm they're drooling right now <laughs> thinking of this conversation right we also are available for advertising options so if state farm want to drop the check you know just head head it on head on over and uh give <laughs> give us the bag not the whole bag but like a third of the bag each but what <laughs> what about nft insurance kalichi like what are the things that could make that happen or is there protocols already in place for that, or is that the next horizon we have to cross? So um, there's not. I don't think there's any like NFT um, protocol per se. I, I did some research, and there's there's not like a specific um, decentralized protocol that does NFT related insurance. Like I said, the industry is so new. Um, even when it comes to DeFi, um, so I'm I'm one of this. Um, a group of people who I'm not so bullish on like uh, DeFi, like just like blockchain insurance. And the reason why is because who is going to insure the protocol, the insurance protocol, right? Boom. <laughs> exactly. So, so what if, what if the, the, what if the, the DeFi insurance protocol or the NFT um, insurance protocol gets hacked and it has billions of dollars, billions of dollars in the, in a protocol. Now what? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's one of those things that's very, very like complicated. 
Um, and obviously, like like you were saying, Matt, like you know, the state farms of the world and all these centralized players are like, oh, I think we can come, in, we can jump in and, and help save these guys. But um, it's uh, the way I see insurance working in NFTs in particular. Um, again, this is just me just thinking out loud. Is have these like well-known projects like this behemoth, like you know, the board apes, you know, the cool cats. Uh, you know, CryptoPunks, you know, Doodles, many like blue chip NFT projects, have them like form like a body where a percentage of their secondary sales or, or the, or the uh, royalties of, or just a percentage of the treasury just goes towards a fund, uh, uh, something called like a multi-sig wallet where funds cannot leave that wallet without, you know, multiple parties agreeing that the fund should leave that wallet and if these you know you know wallet keeps getting funded you know through the secondary sales happening from the secondary marketplace all of a sudden you start building these you know huge like you know like like insurance fund that can cater to people who get scammed um and these like projects they're well known they have a huge like a well-known reputation so, you know, people, a lot of people are going to trust them, right? And uh, if there's a way for, you know, those bodies to like hire like expert blockchain, like analysts to make sure people are not like filing like fraudulent NFT claims or maybe self-rugging themselves to say, oh, we got rugged. You know, meanwhile, it's just like a developer who like minted a bunch of NFTs, rugged himself, and now wants to claim claim some funds. Have experts who actually look into those things, and I, I think there's I think there's a way for those you know popular or big name NFT projects to kind of you know create something where you know people who get hacked or scammed can get some kind of retribution and. And you know, get some of the, their uh, cryptocurrency back. And we're not going to be able to answer all the questions today. So I am asking you, gentlemen, a question. Next week here on NFT 101, we run it back one more time, and we sit down and we have another panel of the experts and Matt, and uh, we run this through and do this every once in a while because I think this is a fun conversation. I think that Kalija, you're breaking the, breaking things down really, really well. Nathan, you're you're very much helpful, and I'm the pretty one. So I think if we can do this every once in a while, we'll come back next week. We'll answer some more questions and kind of go through some more use cases, and maybe we'll talk about some of the stuff that's been in the news because I think breaking down some of these new projects where they're succeeding, where they're failing. We're seeing people like Bella Hadid and Madonna with mixed results step into the NFT space. So if you guys are down with that, I think we can run this back next week. Yeah, I think that this was a good little teaser. Um, you know, I wish that it could have gone on for longer. Also, I thought that Kalichi was the the pretty one. But it's 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 <laughs> I good need to something know. Something on this show. It's good to know ah. that my intelligence here is respected because out in the real world, I don't get a lot of respect for my uh, so-called intelligence. Oh, um, you're good enough. You're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've really enjoyed this. And if Kalichi, maybe if you want to do a regular segment with us or something like that, uh, because you know so much about NFTs and um, at least I think you tell me you have a pretty strong crypto background, it's kind of unique to find people uh, our age that can elucidate on this so well. It's actually surprisingly uncommon for, for, um, for youngsters out there to be 
very knowledgeable at crypto. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do this, um, you know, with you guys, um, you know, to talk crypto, to talk NFTs. Um, hey, I'm not going to say no to that. Um, and just being around you guys, you know, I learn a lot from you. Um, and I, I think that goes both ways. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely available to do this uh, more frequently. Um, and, uh, you know, to bring other guests in and ask them questions and just like talk about this exciting exciting industry um blockchain and nfts yeah um, i'm game for sure well gotta all right we'll bring to, uh, gotta find something to call the segment sorry that's all i want brain to say. trust we call it the brain trust wow <laughs> there you go the bit more can brain we just get a clap can we just get a slow clap <laughs> that's why i'm in marketing you're baby you're not that's clapping my money <laughs> That is that is literally why I am here. That's, but that's way better. I was going to call it the Three Amigos, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> literally terrible. <laughs> Let's uh, let one more time. If people want to find Kalichi's project, you can go to GhostChainNFT.club. That's GhostChainNFT.club. Kalichi, thank you so much. Nathan, we can hear you Monday through Friday on Crypto Conversations, and now every week on NFT One Hundred and One during the BitMart uh, Brain Trust. Uh, we can find you on social media where and how. Talking about me, talking to me? Yeah. Yes, Nathan. Oh gosh, I'm sorry because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a huge social media user. Well, they can so. hear you. They can hear you every week on our Twitter Space AMAs. So just if they want to know who who to follow for exactly. those information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because I literally created that Twitter account for this job. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm not trying to be modest or anything. I'm not a huge social media user. So my Twitter, my Twitter username is at crypto Nathan seventy six. It will say it was created in March of twenty twenty two because that's. <laughs> that's that's created. what happened. You can't find me anywhere else. Okay. But I do try and host the, uh, the BitMart um, Twitter space AMAs on Tuesday or Thursday, me and Matt go back and forth on that. But then uh, my podcast that I do for BitMart is crypto conversations. And I've got, you know, the daily crypto watch that I do where I'm bringing you three important headlines every single day to make better crypto decisions. And on that note, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the NFT 101 podcast as well. As the Crypto Conversations podcast, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the BitMart YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at BitMart Exchange. And the NFT Marketplace drops June 6th. So click the link in the description to find out how not only to sign up, but also want a free NFT. Who doesn't want free stuff? But for Kalichi, for Nathan, I'm Matt Ryan. We want to say thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on NFT 101. Hey, Nathan here from BitMart. Hope you liked that conversation. I know that I always do. It's great learning more about crypto and kind of putting a face behind all the technical jargon. But that's not the last thing we have to do. We've got to get some legal stuff out of the way. And so here it goes. All opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of BitMart. BitMart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. BitMart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.